0: Welcome to Lotus Village Voices, the official podcast of Lotus House Women's Shelter in Miami, Florida, the largest of its kind in the country. My name is Jackie Roth, and I'm your host. On this show, we explore trauma informed, innovative solutions that truly break the cycle of homelessness while amplifying the voices of the women, youth, and children we serve. Joining us today is one of our longest running staff members and alum of the program, Pat Morell, who currently serves as our youth education and programming coordinator. I think I speak for many of the staff and guests when I say that Pat is a very grounding, supportive, loving presence at the shelter, and she's been here to witness and actively build so much of Lotus House's growth. While she's alternated between a few different roles within the shelter, she's now our point person for all things youth in addition to a few other clinical team members. A lot of the time people are thrown off by the term youth because they typically associate it with young children, but the Department of Housing and Urban Development, or HUD, which tracks the numbers on homelessness nationally for policy purposes, actually defines youth as those 18 to 24 years old who are unaccompanied by a parent or guardian. The most recent data from HUD shows there were 34,210 unaccompanied youth counted on a single night in 2020. But because this age group is so vulnerable and often consists of women and LGBTQ people who survive by being invisible, this group is often undercounted. The National Alliance to End Homelessness estimated there are actually 550,000 unaccompanied youth experiencing at least a one-week episode of homelessness each year. The Voices of Youth Count, a research project from the University of Chicago, places this as 1 in 10 of every young adult's ages 18 to 24 nationally. We're very lucky to have Pat on our team to look after these young women and children and are looking forward to sharing some of her insight with you. Let's get to it. Tell us... How long you've been working at Lotus House.
1: Okay, I started at Lotus in 2011. So I think we're about 11 years almost. I remind myself and no matter how long I've been here, I'm still learning. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, congratulations. That's a huge milestone to work anywhere for 10 years. That's that's awesome. and,
1: And working here is... Honestly, it's like sometimes not even working <laughs> yeah. in in the in in a sense of a different way, yeah that you know if you become so much a part of Lotus house and being here ten eleven years you i feel that and I think a lot of the employees and even mm-hmm. if you haven't been here that long, you know lotus is is an environment, it's a culture it's mm-hmm. it's, it's what we do mm-hmm. uh helping folks is uh it's in it, It's ingrained, Mm -hmm. you know, it's part of the culture and the trainings and just doing it long enough. Yeah. And like I said, it even it doesn't have to be 11 years.
0: So you are an alumni. You've worked here for 11 years before that. You actually stayed at Lotus House. Yes. So tell us a little bit about what it was like. Being at Lotus House. As a guest? As a guest, yes. This, uh, was, this would have been back in our old building. Right. This Ear- the earlier build. in the
1: days of Lotus House. We used to call the buildings by their color. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yellow building. The blue building. The green building. <laughs> then we had more buildings. Uh, let's see. So I came in as a guest um, in 2011. I came out of treatment. I had... Um, um, I'm a recovering addict. Got it. Yeah, I had substance abuse issues for many years and been through many treatment centers. Um, God's grace and mercy, that last one worked in 2011. And um, I came here, and you know what, what I loved about it? They, uh, in, the, in the old building, so we had the mango tree, we had the wicker cheers, and on Sundays, Miss Constance would come and do tea with the ladies. I have heard
0: <laughs> so much
1: about this tea in the garden. It, it was, before. tea in the garden. Yes. And um, so I passed by here. I'd heard some things in the ear about this lotus house. So I, sold it. I said, let me find my way over town. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still in treatment, but I was nearing my end of my maybe three or four months stay. I'm not sure exactly. And I needed, it was time to leave mm-hmm. and I needed somewhere to go and so I heard something about Lotus House, so I came over here, and the ladies were so friendly. They were so friendly. and I told them they were like, "Oh, talk to Miss Constance. She's gonna be here. You know, um, she's gonna be here. We're gonna do tea and da 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 da." I said, "Okay," and I'm like, "I gotta go get my hair." And they said, "I think you need to stay," <laughs> and I did. And uh, I did meet with her and mm-hmm. we talked, and she said yes, and she invited me in, and um, I went. I went back to treatment. I, I cried that day, you know. It, talking to her was real easy. Mm-hmm. We were under the mango tree. And um, I went back to treatment and I told him where, where I'd be going. And yep. I came a few days later.
0: What was the transition from being a guest at Lotus House into becoming a staff member? Um,
1: oh, God, I was so grateful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I remember when she asked me. Now, first, I was like, no, because, my, yeah, <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and I, well, you know, when you're in addiction, you know, I, I lost a lot of time with my children, especially my youngest daughter, my three other ones were grown. So my youngest girl now maybe was 11 and, um, uh, I don't want to get all caught up in that mm-hmm. emotional thing. Uh, th- but so I remember saying no, cause you had to live here. Right. Right. And I remember thinking, well, I've lost so much time with her already. I didn't want to lose any more. And oh, and I thought about it. thought about it. I said no at first. And so I told my mother, I told my other children, and we all discussed and they're like, "No, mom. That's probably a lot better for you." mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And I remember that. So when I saw her again a few days later, I ran her down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Miss Constance, I've changed my mind. (laughs) Yes, I would love to join. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: And at that point, I'm guessing it had probably been a little while since you had worked a steady job.
1: Well, you know what? Um, I've actually had a pretty good career somewhere in, in this as. Okay, so I graduated 80 from high school. By 84, I was a respiratory therapist. Okay. Um, I went to respiratory therapy school right here on Biscayne Boulevard. Um, I practiced for about 15 years, and it was sometime after that that I fell into addiction and just stopped working. Working faded out, Mm -hmm. and addiction took over. Mm -hmm. And then when addiction stopped, so much time had already passed in between and um and some other things that occurred, you know. So go, I didn't even look back to going into rest back into respiratory just like that. You yeah. know, I would have had some challenges challenges to straighten out. Yeah. Before I could do that. Legal things, of course. Because a lot comes with addiction. Right. You know. Um right. so um, so coming into here was like, okay, great. And um, you know, you get a I don't know. At that time, like I said, it was just a blessing, mm-hmm. you know, because Lotus has trainings. You're a part of a team. You're a part of an organization. You see something bigger than yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, you see something bigger than you. Yeah. I mean, you've been working for 11 years, so I assume you've had a few different positions. Yes. Yeah, so I started in
1: 11 as uh, what would that have been resident manager because we lived here. OK, so let's move up to like 17. I went to school. And did, to Florida Atlantic and did social yes. work. Oh, that's so awesome. So I, I received my bachelor's in that's 17. Awesome. When We transitioned from resident managers to operations managers. And then from there, somehow we, what did we do? We transitioned out of the, all, they demolished all the old buildings. Right. And in that transition, um, I think I had finished school about then. We had these off-site places mm-hmm. and, um, I came back still in operations and I think the pandemic hit. Miss Constance moved into the, to, to the third floor. She moved in and, um, she noticed how young people were very restless. Yep. And that's putting it mildly. (laughs) (laughs) She noticed they were restless (laughs) and they were young and restless. Yes. (laughs) And, uh, that's how the youth groups got, um, were created. They came, they they decided let's find something for them to do constructive.
0: So for people who are listening to this, are, we have five floors in the building. Second floor is for singles guests, women who come alone. Fourth and fifth floors are for families. And then the third floor is specifically for youth, which is ages 18 to 24. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the pandemic first happened, Constance... Founder and executive director decided that she was just going to move into the building temporarily because there was going to be so much going on. Mm. We had to shift our operations so much to deal with, you know, this potential disease outbreak and whatnot. So so then that brings us to what you just said. If right. she's, she's staying on the third floor and she's mm. kind of realizing there's an unmet need right. for this age group. Mm, for this, We age need to get group. someone for the job right. to kind of... Monitor them. So that's where you became um, youth education and programming coordinator. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So you and live on the third born, floor too. And,
1: I, and, and now going back to us moving out, moving in, moving back. So when we came to this building, Miss um, um, Constance wanted an employee on every floor, and we right. and we have that. And yes, I did. I moved back in. Yeah. As um. So not only do I have my job here, every every floor has an employee that lives there full time. Yeah, you know, and that is for so many different reasons. And um, I mean, we operate twenty four seven, so that's, yes, yeah, and one we of the don't biggest. have
0: we don't have security guards or a right you know, surveillance it, system or anything like that. We have to have people, people on the ground to be there if for a any given
1: any right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and we still have that so. And it's yeah. a good thing. There's been many times when I think, oh, this, has been a, this is a good idea. Yeah,
0: it's mm-hmm. a good thing that I'm here. So you, you touched on it a little bit with the, the young and restless. <laughs> but how <laughs> if you could kind of paint a picture for us, describe what the third floor is like living there and working there.
1: Okay, so remember our youths are 18 to 24. Um, they come from various backgrounds. Um, a lot of our youth have experienced a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. Some are single. Mm-hmm. Some have children. So trying to meet them where they're at is what, where, I, where I try to get in at. Right. Um, and that's through many different areas, you know. Even the groups are designed to meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. If you come in, you've had a long day, you're stressed out. Um, maybe you're trying to get your GED.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe you've been rejected from a job. Maybe you're attending high school with your children. Um, maybe you've had uh a argument with your boyfriend, mm-hmm. you're young mm-hmm. you know, so uh this is part of where the groups are really helpful for them because there's something to do, mm-hmm. and at the same time, you can do nothing mm-hmm. you know, yep, we want you to be comfortable to relax and um and if you want to talk about something great, you know, and uh you know as for youth advocacy I'll, i Get in touch with the ladies and I'm, I say to them, "So, what are some of your goals? What would you like to achieve while you're at Lotus House?" And the conversation starts there, mm-hmm. you know. And then, you know, inform them of all the resources that we do
0: have available. Yeah, and you touched on. I mean, a lot of the youth have pretty complex trauma. A lot oh, of the time, yes. whether it's abuse by a partner or abuse in childhood or substance abuse. On top of all that, you have the fact that your, your they're youth. still youth and their brains are still developing, mm-hmm. and they're still trying to figure out who they are. And yes. I think we they have, have a kids. Great yeah, not just
1: the youth groups, but we have a really good team. Courtney, the director. Uh, we have Looney and Tiffany counseling, Christine, um, Nancy, Natalie, RC. You know, we have a really good team. Gabby mm-hmm. used to be a part of that too now, but we have a really good team and um we're sensitive to their issues yeah we're sensitive to the fact of we read the intake notes Mm -hmm. we have meetings we you know we discuss when one particular person is going through something in particular Mm -hmm. and what you know and how to address them um directly
0: yeah making sure that no one falls through the cracks we try our best yeah
1: we try our best you know um
0: And then do young people.
1: Sometimes they don't share everything with you. Yeah. Sometimes you have to read between the lines.
0: So you're there as a a supportive staff member. You work with other staff members to make sure that all of their counseling and resource coordination needs are met. But you also do groups every night, which you've touched on. You do a lot of programming as well, of offering different activities and things Mm -hmm. for the youth and their kids. So you want to touch on that a little bit? Okay, so
1: tonight is bingo night. It's game night, really. Well uh, we have done we used to do just dance. We haven't done that in a while. I think we're we're gonna um get back started with that. Bingo night's turning out really well um uh, bray and i do we do that group together uh we do prizes we have prizes raffles, bingo. Uh, we have children, so we have to have some Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. The atmosphere is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, it is. Uh, I've, I've been in there before. It is. Group, you know, you I come understand. in and you have the, we have the TV going. So on this side, we have Coco Melon playing. Um, there's a table, children doing some Play-Doh. They're coloring, they're drawing. Over here, we have bingo going on. And we have some, what is some good music we might have? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> to drown out the coca
1: right. <laughs> So I have to balance between their volume and ours. Yes. <laughs> and we have Portman's way over there trying to yell above all this. <laughs> and But it's a real nice atmosphere. The women enjoy it.
0: Yeah, well, it's so important to have those groups because, yeah. you know, they have so much going on. And like you said, some days they might come home. More emotional, more stress than other days. And it's so great for them to have the opportunity to go into this family room and hang out and have activities. Even if they're not directly participating in the activities, they at least don't have to be like sitting in their room alone, stewing in their thoughts. One thing too, like
1: sometimes the groups nip things in the bud if there's a little disagreement going on. You know, somebody might put a little birdie in your ear. Say, Miss Pat. I say, oh, good, great. And, you know, so and so social, you know, it's, it's good on socializing and it also helps keep some things in balance, mm-hmm. checks
0: and balances, too. I didn't realize until we were talking today that you have your social work degree, which is yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. But so so not only do you have the personal experience and direct experience of actually staying at Lotus House and being able to guide people through that, but you actually also have social work training, which yeah. makes you extra super qualified to meet the needs Of all of these young women.
1: We try. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I have one more question Mm -hmm. before I'll let you add anything else that you might want to add. But the main thing we always ask our guests on the show is if there's one takeaway message from this whole interview that listeners of the podcast could hear, whether it's donors or partner organizations or volunteers or even maybe people who are seeking shelter, what would be your main takeaway message to them?
1: One of the biggest things I've learned
0: since working in
1: the shelter system um, is how much mental illness there is. Um, I really did not know this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's funny what life, the places life takes you. And then when you look around, like addiction took me to a nightlife. Like who knew that people stay up all night long? Who knew that when you were sleeping, there was a whole nother world running around? It was not the norm that I was used to living and functioning Going into that world and then rem- and looking back now, then coming to Lotus and seeing it, it more makes better sense now, just how much mental illness there is out there. And whether it's just strictly mental illness, whether it's substance abuse, whether it's trauma. Whether it's human trafficking, whether it's domestic violence, um, whether it's just hunger, whether it's just homelessness, it's out there, it's for real. Uh, Shelters are needed, Um, donations are needed to keep her shelters going. Um, Even as simple as a bingo game prize, that means a lot to somebody. Somebody, these young ladies are happy when they have something they look at, they're like, oh, you know, oh, this is the prize, you know. Um, it's real and it's out there and these programs are needed.
0: I'm glad you bring up mental illness because it is something that society at large doesn't really understand. And Mm. we've in the last few years had so much more of a national conversation about mental health and depression and anxiety and things like that. But there's still not so much conversation about severe mental illness That can, you know, be a result of genetics or it can be a result of trauma and life circumstances or it can be a result of substance abuse. And any of those things, if you're experiencing that level of mental illness, it's so misunderstood by society and you become so marginalized that all of these people... End up on the streets mm-hmm. and it's this totally different world, like yeah. you mentioned, and that, that we don't that most of us don't see. Don't and even, aren't you aware don't of. really
1: know because when you go to your bed at night, um, someone's just waking up.
0: Thanks so much to Pat for sharing her time and experiences. If you'd like to learn more about the youth program, head to our website at lotushouse.org, scroll down the homepage to the our Programs heading, and hit the link to the Youth 18 to 24 section. Pat can always use the help of volunteers, especially during those evening groups that she mentioned. Also, our in-house summer camp for school-aged children is in full swing, so we'd love some helping hands if you're interested in that opportunity as well. Sign up for volunteering via the link in the show notes on whatever platform you're listening to. As always, be sure to follow us on social media and Instagram at Lotus House Shelter to stay up to date on all our daily happenings and most exciting news. Please rate and review our show and share it with a friend or family member if you enjoyed this episode. You can find all the other links for donating or sponsoring some of our most urgent needs at the shelter in the show notes below. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to having you back for the next episode.